0: Hi, it's Ophira Eisenberg, host of NPR's Ask Me Another. We are coming to the Paps Theatre in Milwaukee on April 9th, and we are looking for contestants to compete live on our stage. Of course, it's easy to be a know-it-all from the comfort of your own home, but why not take it up a notch and take a turn in the puzzle hot seat? To find out information on how to be a contestant, just email askmeanother at npr.org. That's Another at npr.org. Mm-hmm. From NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York, this is Ask Me Another. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, for another hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Later in the show, we're going to feast on some word sandwiches and translate common expressions into medical conditions. And if I know anything, when it comes to our contestants, you never know what's going to come out of their alimentary canals. With me, of course, is our musician extraordinaire, Mr. Jonathan Colton. Hello, Ophira. Hello, Jonathan. And to help us explain our games, keep score, and offer the occasional hint, we have Nerd King and puzzle guru, Art Chung. At your service, Nerd Queen. Let's welcome our first two contestants, Whitney Adams and Sean Rupert. Excited to have you both. You are both visitors to the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York. Whitney, you are visiting us from Bozeman, Montana. Yeah. And Sean from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That is correct. Fantastic. Are you guys fans of the television show Game of Thrones? Whitney? Uh, I'm a fan of the books. Fan I of haven't the books. watched good. all the seasons yet. Okay, you, you started with the literature and mm-hmm. then you're holding off till the right time. Yep. Okay, if you could be a character, do you have a choice of one that speaks Aria. to you? Oh, Oh, very nice. John? <laughs> I actually recently just watched
1: the entire series on demand in like a weekend, so.
0: Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you had a lot of stuff going on. I get it. Yeah, and? Yeah. <laughs> and is there a character that you related to?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, good.
0: <laughs> Because you live in reality. Interesting. All right, none of that will help, actually, because this game is actually called Game of Many Thrones. Jonathan, what are you going to make the contestants do?
1: Well, so this, this is technically a Game of Thrones, but it's not really about Game of Thrones. Fans of the book and TV series know that a king should never sit easy, which is why the throne in question is literally made of swords. Very uncomfortable. Well, we think that a confident king is a comfortable king. So we're going to give you clues about all different kinds of much more comfortable chairs and ask you to identify them.
0: <laughs> it's a quiz about chairs. It's a quiz about chairs. <laughs> okay.
1: We could have also called it Game of Chairs. <laughs> While jesters sweat under the spotlight, this is the seat from which King Steven Spielberg might shout, Action! Sean. Director's chair? That's right. In the Middle Ages, it's where a king might have enjoyed a royal bloodletting. But today, it's where he might say, just a little off the top, Stu. Sean. Barber's chair? Barber's chair is correct.
0: Yeah, you can clap. Yeah, he deserves it. He knows his bloodletting. You can let him hear it.
1: Perfect for the fickle king, this chair folds to make it easy to move around. However, as a famous idiom warns, you don't want to find yourself rearranging them on the Titanic. Sean. Deck chair? Deck chair, yes. While his chairless minions might sit on the ground, a king can relax above it in this outdoor chair that shares its name with a region of New York State. Whitney.
0: Adirondack chair?
1: Yes. (laughs) A king can grab a seat on this versatile piece of furniture But he doesn't have to, since, as Seinfeld once said, it's named for a whole empire based on putting your feet up. Whitney. Ottoman. Yes. These all sound like I'm trying to get you to buy a chair. (laughs) There's plenty of space for a king to stretch in this chair, whose name literally means long chair in French. Sean. Chaise lounge. Yes, or chaise longue (laughs) These legless wonders are found in dorm rooms everywhere But a king deserves the original Created by three Italian designers in 1968 And appropriately named the Sacco Sean Beanbag chair? Beanbag chair, yes
0: I think a hard way to sell a chair would be like these legless wonders just yeah, like blech.
1: That's no good. I always I always preferred the butterfly chair to the beanbag chair.
0: What? <laughs> what is the butterfly chair? You don't
1: know the butterfly chair? I know what is it. It's a metal thing that unfolds it's kind of like a big uh, butt hammock.
0: <laughs> Why didn't they call it the butt uh, hammock? Should have called I know it the they shouldn't. That would have sold some butterflies. All
1: right, here's your last question. This chair provides its sitter with a greater vantage point from which to throw Cheerios. Unfortunately, you have to be a very tiny king to sit in it. Whitney.
2: High chair. Yes.
1: Art, how did they do in that game?
2: Uh, Well, it's time to crown a winner, and our winner is Sean.
0: Congratulations, Sean. You will be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. How about a little
1: song, Jonathan? How about a little song? Um, This one is kind of about royalty. Midnight, I'm waiting on the 1205 Hoping it'll take me just a little further down the line Moonlight, you're just a heartache in disguise Won't you keep my heart from breaking if it's only for a very short time Playing with the queen of hearts Knowing it ain't really smart Joker ain't the only fool who will do anything for you Playing out another line Think about a life of crime That's what I have to do To keep me away from you That's what I have to do To keep me away from you To keep me away from you
0: And Colton. I see our next two contestants looking both happy and worried. <laughs> Let's welcome Julie Polk and Darren Glass. I am very impressed by this pair. Julie, you're a real language nut. You've studied and performed Shakespeare plays for the last decade. <laughs> Incredible. <Yeah. laughs> Darren, you're a cryptologist.
3: Yes, I do cryptography.
0: Cryptography. All right. What is your favorite sandwich? I don't know anything about the things that you guys are into, so we have to go with something I know about. Sandwiches. Um, uh, uh, Reuben. Peanut butter and jelly. Interesting. I feel like I know so much more about you from that one answer. Do you realize how we got into your soul with just the sandwich question? All right. Well, our next game is called Ham Sandwiches. <laughs> But it's not a game about sandwiches, too bad. It's about <laughs> words, names, and phrases with the letters H-A-M in them, thus forming a ham sandwich.
2: Brilliant. <laughs> Arch, can you give us an example? Sure. So, Afira, if we said it's a bathroom product and you might find head and shoulders above the rest, you would say, "Shampoo." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Do they, to, <laughs> do they have to say sh-ham-poo like that? Okay, that's the official uh, pronunciation. Yes.
0: So, Darren, uh, Julie, ring in when you know the answer with ham in the middle. And the winner of this round, of course, will move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Everyone knows a true camper's diet consists of s'mores, which are chocolate, marshmallows, and what other key ingredient? Darren. Chocolate. Ham chocolate I I like the way you uh, (laughs) I like that your s'mores are chocolate Marshmallows and chocolate That is the way I would do it Uh, And I like the idea that it's pork chocolate But not correct Julie Graham crackers Graham crackers is correct (laughs) Depending on the air temperature Or its mood This reptile might look like a ham sandwich Or a tree Or a rock?
2: Darren. Chameleon?
0: Yes, that's right. (laughs) In the 1970s, McDonald's introduced this kind of milkshake made of vanilla ice cream and mint syrup. Julie. Shahamrock shake. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) Shahamrock. I had no idea it was mint (laughs) <laughs> it's
1: a subtle. It's a subtle mint.
0: <laughs> My mother told me it was four-leaf clover juice because it was a. Uh, and I just, I was like, clover juice. It aids in digestion, I suppose. <laughs> good. It's good for the roughage. You could add rum, Shamojito All right, I have a lot of ideas. In the film Sweeney Todd, directed by her longtime partner Tim Burton, this actress made meat pies, but they weren't stuffed with ham. Darren. Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the Bonham Carter. In the classic 1980s game show Press Your Luck, contestants sought to steer clear of a certain red caped cartoon character by shouting, what catchphrase? <laughs> Darren. No Whammy's. <laughs> no Whammy's. And until that one guy figured it all out, and then that show just went away, didn't it? They didn't even try to improve it. They were like, oh, we're canceled. <laughs> In French cooking, this is a white sauce made of a roux of flour and butter. Julie. Bechamel.
2: Bechamel.
3: That sounds good. Can you serve that on (laughs) ham?
0: On bacon chocolate, I think, is where that goes. Most of the time, a urinal is not much to look at. Oh, really? (laughs) But this French artist turned one into art with just a signature. Darren. Du Shaham? <laughs> du Shaham. That's right.
1: That's the French pronunciation.
0: <laughs> Though he never did become president, this notable Federalist did manage to get his face on the ten-dollar bill. Darren.
3: Alexander Hamilton.
0: Ham is right in it. You got Alexander <laughs> Hamilton. Thanks a lot, Aaron Burr. But you got that right. Art, who is the champion of the ham sandwiches? This game's champion is Darren. (laughs) Darren, well done. Congratulations. Great job, Julie. We loved having you on the stage. Darren, you'll be moving on to our final round at the end of the show. up we'll talk to our vip that's very important puzzler author owen king about his debut novel double feature a story about fathers sons and the horrors of filmmaking and we'll find out that all Beatles songs are really about historical figures so stick around this is npr's ask me another
3: Double Feature
0: Picture Show. Hey, thanks for listening to Ask Me Another. Did you know that there are lots of other NPR podcasts out there that you'd enjoy? Like Pop Culture Happy Hour. Pop Culture Happy Hour features spirited discussions of movies, books, TV, and nostalgia. Find NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour on iTunes under podcasts. You're listening to Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and later on, we're going to talk to novelist Owen King. But first, let's welcome our next two contestants, Eve Rickles Young and Samantha Lee. Hello. Eve, if you could be a character on any television show of your choice.
3: I think I would be Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec.
0: <laughs> well done. I now know everything about you. Samantha, you collect funny-flavored potato chips. I'm kind of an international potato chip fiend. <laughs> 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 slash expert. Slash, now, do you collect them, or do you eat them? I bring them home with me, and then I eat them Pretty quickly, So they start off in the collection and then it kind of gets late at night and you're like, well, you know. <laughs> they don't stay on a shelf. Do I really need sweet paprika pingles in my life forever? Paprika are my favorite. Those paprika are really good, is. right? Yeah. Okay. This round is called TV Time Machine. We're going to give you a list of three television series. You have to ring in and put them in chronological order according to their debut on American television. Would you like to give us an example,
2: Art? Sure, if your your clue was American Idol, American Dad, American Bandstand. The correct order, of course, would be American Bandstand, which debuted in 1952, American Idol, which debuted in 2002, and finally American Dad, debuting in 2005.
0: So ring in when you know the answer, and as always, the winner will move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Here we go. Mad Men, Mad About You, Mad TV. Eve,
3: Mad TV, Mad About You, Mad Men. Oh, I'm
0: sorry, Samantha. Uh, it's Mad About You, Mad TV, and The Mad Men. That's correct. <laughs> Monday Night Football, Friday Night Lights, Saturday Night Live. Samantha. I'm going to go with Saturday Night Live, Monday Night Football, and then Friday Night Lights. I'm sorry. Eve. Monday
3: night football, Saturday night live, Friday night lights. That's correct. A
0: football sandwich was the correct answer. Modern family, family guy, family. Samantha. Family, family guy, modern family. Yes, you got that one. Family, a, uh, I had no idea. Yeah, just <laughs> figured was, that. Since I didn't know what it was, that's I probably good. wasn't alive for it. it. <laughs> this, this show... <laughs> <laughs> that's a good deduction. You're like, I don't know, it was before me. Because I've pretty much watched every show everything. that's been along with my, Yeah, this, with this life, uh, show yeah. was actually about a happy family with a good marriage. No, this <laughs> would never fly. <laughs> Peyton Place, Melrose Place, Archie Bunker's Place. <laughs> Samantha. I'm going to go with... Archie Bunker's Place, Peyton Place, and then Melrose Place? Oh, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Eve, you want to try to steal it? Sure. Um, Peyton Place,
3: Archie Bunker's Place, Melrose
0: Place? That is correct. <clears throat> you guys are pretty good. The real world, the real housewives of New Jersey. Real people. <laughs> Samantha. Real people, real world, real housewives of New Jersey? Yes. You ordered them in declining amounts of real, correct? (laughs) Probably, yeah. (laughs) Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, Dr. Who? Eve. Dr. Who, Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz. Yes, exactly. And of course, only two of them are actual time lords. (laughs) (laughs) Gilmore Girls, the Golden Girls, girls. Samantha. Golden Girls, Gilmore Girls, girls. Yes, that is correct. And here's a spoiler that at the end of the season, you actually find out that Girls is a prequel to Golden Girls.
1: Oh man, yeah. that just puts everything in perspective <laughs> That's right Now I get that show
0: <laughs> Lena Dunham becomes B. Arthur It's amazing, it's, it all matches up The Good Wife, Breaking Bad, Ugly Betty Samantha Ugly Betty, Breaking Bad, Good Wife Yes I watch a lot of TV <laughs> It's not shameful, it's helping It's my job A lot of people claim that it's their job <laughs> Here's your last question. Bob Newhart, The Bob Newhart Show. <laughs> what did we just do there, Eve?
3: The Bob Newhart Show. Newhart Bob. Yeah, yes.
0: <laughs> Art, who won this game?
2: The winner of this round was Samantha.
0: Congratulations, Samantha Lee. Eve A worthy contestant. Samantha, you are moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Congratulations. Thank you. If you think we look good on the radio, well, then come see us in person. Join Ask Me Another live at the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York. For tickets and our upcoming schedule, just go to amatickets.org. On our stage right now, we have Michael Tarasovic and Alexis Howe. Welcome to you both. Alexis, you are a tax lawyer and you're an indie pop band. That is true. What is the name of your uh, tax company? No, what is the name of your band? It's Hearts Attack. It's, it's that twee. Hearts Attack? There's an exclamation point in the middle. Aww. And is the heart just a heart with an S? That's the whole logo. Oh, I love it. Get the t-shirts online. Michael, you're a Spanish teacher, but have you ever been in a band?
3: I have talked about being in a lot of bands. Yeah, that counts. Uh, One of which was actually called Shark Attack, kind of like Hearts Attack. Michael, what would you be playing? Guitar or singing or (laughs) just like making stuff up.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Well, our next quiz is titled With the Beatles. Jonathan, I don't know why you say goodbye when I say hello. Yeah,
1: I always say hello to you when you say hello to me. I don't know why you say I say goodbye when you say hello. In this game, we've tweaked the lyrics of Beatles' songs so that they refer to notable historical figures. So ring in at the end of each song and tell me which historical figure I am singing about. Here come old stovetop, he got blue coat armies he likes. Emancipation He wants one whole nation He said, surrender now Generally One thing I can tell you Is they've got to be free Michael? Abraham Lincoln? Abraham Lincoln is correct (laughs) The Beatles are very proud right now (laughs) My wife asked me what I wanted to be I said, baby, can't you see? You're gonna be famous, a star of industry, when I release my Model T. Baby, you can drive my car. It's gonna make me a star. Baby, you can drive my car. Baby, you love it.
0: Alexis. Henry Ford. Henry Ford. You guys can sing your answers, too, if you feel like (laughs) it.
1: Henry! Henry! (laughs) Ford. I once made a scream Or should I say It once made me I painted it good Now it is framed In Norwegian wood Alexis. Edvard Munch. Edvard Munch. Extra credit for the pronunciation, yes.
0: He painted it, painted it good. I painted it good.
1: Words are flowing out my mouth and fill my Cosmos TV show. They slither wildly as I teach you all about the universe. Jai Guru Deva. Oh Billions and billions of stars Billions and billions of stars Alexis.
2: Carl Sagan.
1: Carl Sagan is correct. Getting better all the time I used to help treat soldiers' wounds The Crimean War they balloon wrote what i learned better or worse i taught you how to be a nurse you have to admit you're getting better a little better all the time alexis
0: florence nightingale yes I know that you know you guys feel like we're doing something to you Specifically when playing this game But we're actually doing a lot to you, Jonathan Colton Yes, yes
1: I was joking in the rehearsal We should call this game Sorry Beatles
0: <laughs> Remember your songs? <laughs> Look what we did to them <laughs> did.
1: Say you want a revolution Well, you know We're gonna bring Batista down tell me it's Marxist collusion well you know me and Castro run this town now if you want an insurgency in Bolivia can't think of a word that rhymes with Bolivia (laughs) Alexis
0: Che Guevara
1: yes you're right
0: (laughs) I added the... Uh, I know, it was nice, yeah. He's not just a face in an ironic T-shirt, yeah. is he? No, he's also an Real answer. dude.
1: Turns out, real dude. <laughs> yeah, I didn't
0: know. I just thought it was like the hat. It was just looked, looked
1: good. It was mostly about the hat. <laughs> it's a thrilling story about a busy guy. He can't leave the firm or he's gonna die. He was played in the movie by a man named Cruz. I make a ton of dough because I want to be a paperback writer. Michael. John Grisham.
2: Yes. Art, how did they do? Uh, The winner is Alexis.
0: Congratulations, Alexis. You'll be moving on to our final round at the end of the show. Let's say hello to our next two contestants, Will Fletcher and Rekha Shankar. Will, you're one of New York's finest, huh? I am indeed. NYPD. Yep. What is your area of expertise?
1: Currently, I work in the projects in Queens.
0: Now, you don't know this, Will, but Reka works on crime shows. She recreates murder scenes. Would you cast this guy, if you could, as a cop? I mean, kind of the main criteria is just looking like
2: whoever was involved with the crime. So if you look like a murderer or a victim... Yeah. Or a police officer, then yeah.
0: Yeah, so which one uh, does Will fit into? No, don't answer that.
2: Two out of three, anybody. Two
0: out of three. This is a fun game called Phrase Anatomy, like Grey's Anatomy. In this game, we're going to read sentences that feature phrases and idioms that incorporate a part of the body, except we're going to give you a literal interpretation of the phrase with fancy anatomical names included. You have to decipher what the original phrase is. For example... She hasn't worked here long, so she still has some dampness about the oracles. That means she's wet behind the ears. Will is smiling. Reka is now nodding her head. Ring in when you know the answer. I need to tell her how I feel. Just sit her down and have a real intercoronary discussion. Reka, Have a real heart-to-heart. That is correct. Excuse me. <laughs> my pharynx and larynx seem to be housing an amphibian. Will.
2: I've got a frog in my throat?
0: That is correct. <laughs> I'm so awkward and clumsy, it's like I'm entirely pollicle digits. Will.
2: I've got two left feet?
0: Oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, Reka. Uh, I'm all thumbs. All thumbs, that is correct. I know where you were going with that. Polical digits, as it turns out. Thumbs. No idea what pollicle meant. Me either, Will. <laughs> now you know. You can use it. Impress the boys. Great. <laughs> <laughs> his memoir is so self-absorbed. It's 300 pages of ogling his own umbilicus. <laughs> Will's laughing. Rekha's squinting. Tooting his own horn? Tooting his own horn. That's interesting. Uh, Just out of curiosity, what is the uh, body part? (laughs) You know? (laughs) I don't know if I'm Don't
1: answer that. Don't answer that.
0: (laughs) I'll read it again. His memoir is so self-absorbed, it's 300 pages of ogling his own umbilicus. Will, do you have an answer? Do you want to steal?
2: Staring at his own belly button. We'll accept that. Navel gazing.
0: Yes, navel gazing. Art Chung, our puzzle guru, says yes. You get it, navel gazing. <laughs> you got it. And of course, if you are an innie, you are more self-absorbed. It was a real passion project. He put a lot of sanguinous, ecrine, and lacrimal fluids into it. Will.
2: Blood, sweat, and tears.
0: Yes, you got that one right. I'll never run for office. Too many osteological frameworks in my clothing storage antechamber. (laughs) Too many
2: skeletons in my closet? You
0: got that one. At a VIP event, I got to grind the synovial hinge joints of my humerus radius and ulna against the corresponding joints of the rich and famous. You hear that every day, don't you? Yes, Rekha. I got to rub elbows? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) They go everywhere together. It's like their coxie have fused. Will.
2: Joined at the hip.
0: Joined at the hip is also correct. All right, I feel like this is a tight game.
2: Uh, They're actually all tied up. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
0: (laughs) Your enthusiasm, Will, is freaking me out. All tied up. This is your last question. I hope this category wasn't a discomfort around your cervical vertebrae. Will. Pain in (laughs) the... I'm sorry, that is not correct. But I understand that cervical vertebrae sounds like that. Reka, do you have a uh, guess? Can you repeat it? Sure. Hope this category wasn't a discomfort around your cervical vertebrae. Pain in the neck. Ah. There you go. Pain in the neck.
2: Art, that was a dicey last question. That was the last question, and Reka's our winner. All right, Reka, well done.
0: Thank you so much, Will. Reka, you'll be moving on to our final showdown. Ask me one more at the end of the show. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. Coming up, we'll talk to our VIP author, Owen King, about growing up in a literary family. But will he make it through an Ask Me Another challenge? Stay tuned. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of trivia, puzzles, and word games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me is author Owen King. Hi. Uh, You are clearly from a very famous literary family on so many accounts. Your father, your mother, is a famous published author. Your brother is well known. Yes. Uh, I I mean, what kind of toys did you guys have growing up? Little (laughs) tiny toy typewriters or whatever? Uh
3: No. No? No.
0: I mean, was it educational? How did this happen?
3: Well, I mean, it's, it's the family business, right? Um, so so I saw my mom and dad writing, and it did leave the impression that it was much easier than it appeared. Or maybe, <laughs> not, that it, maybe not that it was easier, but that you could make money as a writer was a falsehood that carried on <laughs> for a long time. I, of course, my father did very well at it, but that was unusual.
0: Oh, that's funny that you grew up with the idea that being an artist paid.
3: Yeah, exactly. And so I understood that it was hard work. My mother and father go to work every day, like people go to work in an office. But I didn't understand that it wasn't normal for them to do that and then get paid for it.
0: Did your uh, father, Stephen King, say, I want you to write, specifically? Uh, No, but he didn't say he didn't want me to either, so... Did he encourage you? Was he like, come on, I'll read your stuff? Was there collaboration?
3: No, never... I never... No... (laughs) So I, I, yeah, actually, there was support. It's it's funny. I think, um, of course, I write sort of mainstream contemporary fiction with no monsters or very little murder. Um, <laughs> and my um, father and brother both are, are horror writers, and so uh, I was all sort of working outside the family milieu. Um, so my parents are just more rooting for me than criticizing and and working on things. Oh,
0: that's supportive. That sounds yeah. like supportive. Now, did you ever collaborate with anyone in your family on a writing project? I, I've
3: collaborated with my brother. Okay. Yep, a little bit. On uh, uh, We did a screenplay together a few years ago, which was nice. Nice. Yes.
0: Now, you kept the family name. Your brother did not. I'm sure there's a lot of perks and a lot of problems that come with having that family name, but why did you decide
3: to keep it? I was very naive about that. I didn't think anybody would care, um, but they did. And my, whereas my brother, of course, was writing horror fiction, and so he wanted to get away from the family name. And then another reason, this is actually kind of a funny story why I chose to, to write under my own name, is that uh, my brother is older than me, and he was writing under a pen name for a long time with sort of limited success. And then he started to have a little bit of success, and he was like, well, I'm thinking about hiring an actor to play me <laughs> out on the road... You know, I'm, I'm thinking about hiring a man to be me. Like a decoy? Yeah, like a, and I thought, wow, that's, I just, that's really going to be a lot of effort that I just don't think I can do. <laughs> like, if That's what it takes to, to write pseudonymously, is that you have to have a you, you know, like you're a dictator. Right, you got you know, to like hire you're, a like you. Like you're a tyrant and you have a bunch of doubles. That just, I found that very disturbing, and so I thought, well, I'll just write under my own name and right. hope everything turns out for time, the best.
0: Right, who has time and for of those course
3: auditions? He, you know, he never did find an extra ham. He went ahead with that. Never, but I give, I give him a hard time about that.
0: Speaking of double, your novel is called Double Feature, and this is a story about a complicated relationship between a father and a son. The father is a B-movie actor. Now I understand that you have watched a lot of B-movies.
3: I have. I grew up watching Cinemax, the late night Cinemax of the, of the 80s and early 90s. <laughs> watching it attentively. And so I had a real background in all sorts of B-movies from the 80s, the early 80s, late 70s, that would play at that time. And then to write the book, I just spent two, three years getting the 60s and 70s B-movies on Netflix and just watching those continuously.
0: (laughs) Do you have a favorite that you always come back to as one that... A favorite B-movie? Yeah. Uh,
3: Well, I like some of the B-movies that are and intentionally funny I like Reanimator And I like Evil Dead 2 uh, But I also I really like the The Corman movies From the late 60s and, and early 70s And my favorite is The Mask of Red Death With Vincent Price Because Spoiler alert But at the end of the movie Vincent Price He's the evil prince And To kill him His court just like Dances at him <laughs> Until he They just They just modern dance him Into a corner And he dies <laughs> And it's a really long scene, and it's really funny. Um, Danced into
0: a corner, literally. And Double Feature spans a lot of different times. You go from uh, the 2000s back to the 90s, you're saying the 70s, and and Double Feature is actually a double feature. It's a long novel, over 400 pages. Did you start the project thinking, I'm going to make this really long, or is that just something that happened as you were writing?
3: No, I had a pretty good idea what the story that it was going to be about the main character making an independent movie in the early aughts, and then the story of his father making movies in the late 60s, and then that allowed me to make up movies from a lot of different periods, which was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah.
0: What advice would you give, I'm sure you're always asked for advice, by young writers or older writers looking to finish a project that Mm -hmm. they started when they were young, perhaps? (laughs) you know, a lot of people work on these projects tirelessly, you work on it for years, and then you get to the point where you want to abandon it, and you're like, you know what, I'm just never going to figure this out.
3: I only finish probably one out of every ten things I start. I give up all the time. Um, when I... <laughs> I, when I expect that to when be I, answer, when I, I, by the way. <laughs> I, well, I think you have to have the courage to give up on things. I, I actually... People ask me all the time, well, what do you do when you get to the hard part? And I just quit. <laughs> If, it's, if I can't find my way through it, I, I, it's obviously not going to work, so I start on something new. But then also, I think when you write a novel, and I think this is the thing that a lot of people struggle with, is that you have to be willing to work on something for two or three years and potentially fail.
0: Yeah, and completely. be like, oh well. Yeah.
3: yeah, there goes those years. I'm going to
0: have to enroll in modern dance.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: All right, well, uh, speaking of advice, let me give you a little advice. Please answer yes to this next question. Owen King, would you be up for an Ask Me Another Challenge? Yes All right Owen, oh, we found the perfect person to play against you Please welcome author Emma Straub Emma, you're also the child of a well-known horror writer, Peter Straub And you're a novelist Your most recent novel, Laura Lamont's Life in Pictures Thank you so much for joining us, Emma Thank you for having me Now, Emma, let me establish this. Do you know Owen? I've never seen this person before. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I do. How long have you known him? Um, I think since before I knew anything. I mean, our parents were friends before I was born. So, the whole time. The The whole time? time. Yeah. The entire time? Do you have, like, memories of... Like playing hopscotch or something like that together?
3: Well I not hopscotch.
0: <laughs> I have an older brother, so I feel like there was a lot of like Star Wars boy time that I was not really invited to participate in. Oh, now it's coming out, Owen Yower. Sorry. There you go. See? <laughs> That's our show. This was just about getting you to apologize. Okay, Owen, Emma, since both of your recent novels feature characters in the movie business, what we thought we'd do is subject you to a quiz about movies. About movies. So in each of these films, the characters are making a movie. You just have to tell us what the real movie is. And the winner of this game will not only receive bragging rights, the loser of the game will take the winner out to a night or an afternoon at the movies, pay full ticket price, (laughs) popcorn, drinks, Twizzlers, whatever the winner wants. And you might also get a limited edition Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. A lot is at stake, is what I'm trying to say here. Also to help me out, house musician Jonathan Colton. Hello. And our puzzle guru, Archung. Hey, Afira. Contrary to popular belief, they did not use milk instead of water in shooting this 1952 musical's most famous scene. Owen. Singing in the Rain? Yeah, that's right. You were skeptical about that, but you got it right. Did you know that fact or you
3: just put no, together, I just believed in myself and... you just
0: believed in yourself?
3: <laughs> I just hoped. See, I didn't believe it. It was a rain. Oh. You said something about oh. rain, so it... I thought and a musical. Yeah. What else could there be? Probably a lot, but that's what I had.
1: <laughs> in this nineteen ninety four film, the main character, a quirky director, has a problem. One of his film's actors has just died. Thinking way outside the box, the director casts his wife's chiropractor as a replacement, even though the two look nothing alike. The movie inside the movie, Plan 9 from Outer Space, is considered one of the worst films of all time. Owen? Ed Wood? Yes,
3: Ed Wood.
0: Have you seen Plan 9 from Outer Space?
3: I have, but I've never seen Ed Wood. Interesting. Oh, that's really good.
0: So, you just knew the movie within the movie, and then I you, did. again, I bet you believed in yourself in that moment.
3: Did you I believe in yourself. I, I felt really good when you said that. <laughs> That's your edge, Owen, is that you believe in yourself. Yeah. That's what I'm discovering.
0: I think Emma believes in herself. I need to start. Really? We'll <laughs> see how you do on this one. Robert Downey Jr. said he based his character in this film on the Australian method actor Russell Crowe. But Russell Crowe never underwent pigment augmentation surgery to play a black soldier. Emma. Tropic Thunder. Yes! You harness the power. I got one right. You got it right.
1: <laughs> For film studies majors, the first eight minutes of this 1992 Robert Altman movie are legendary, as it's all shot in one continuous take with no cuts. Emma? Shortcuts? No, I'm sorry.
0: This is no cuts. No cuts.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it Prada Porte? I'll give you both a hint. Since you both got it wrong, I'll give you a hint. <laughs> we certainly did. Not. I, you know, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. <laughs> Just stating a fact. Hollywood satire, Tim Robbins stars as a studio oh. executive. Does that help? Oh, Emma, wow. The player? The player.
0: Oh. Yeah. <gasps> So far, you guys are even. Yep. Whew. Three student filmmakers get way more than they bargained for when they head off into the black hills of Maryland in search of a local legend. Emma. Blair Witch Project. That's right. One of my favorites. <laughs> yeah? It's <laughs> like, I want to apologize to Mike's mom. I love that part. <laughs> All
1: right, here's your final question. In this 2011 movie, a famous American actress travels to England to star in The Prince and the Showgirl, directed by Sir Lawrence Olivier.
2: Emma?
0: My Week with Marilyn?
2: That's right. And let's check with Art Chung. We have a winner, and it's Emma.
0: Congratulations, Emma. Thank you so much to Owen King, a fabulous VIP. Ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan Colton.
1: Good morning, good
0: morning.
1: We've talked the whole night through. Good morning, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. It's great to stay up late. Good morning, good morning to you. The band began to play. The sun was shining bright. Now the milkman's on his way. It's too late to say good night. Good morning, good morning. Sunbeams will soon smile through. Good morning, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning to you.
0: Jonathan Colton. Now we're going to crown this week's grand champion. Let's bring back from Game of Many Thrones, Sean Rupert. From Ham Sandwiches, Darren Glass. From TV Time Machine, Samantha Lee. From With the Beatles, Alexis Howe. And from Phrase Anatomy, Reka Shankar. I'm going to ask our puzzle guru, Arch Young, to take us out.
2: A fear of this final round is called dot-dot. You know those two little dots that appear over vowels? They're called either umlauts or diacritics. They're used to indicate that the vowel is pronounced in an unusual way, or sometimes they're used in people's names because they're foreign or pretentious. <laughs> so in this game, we're going to give you a clue to a word or proper name that is or can be spelled with a double-dotted letter. For example, if I said it's an adjective meaning unknowing or simple-minded, you would say naive. We're going to play the spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You only have a few seconds before you have to give me an answer. The last person standing will be our grand winner. Sean, it's a 70s rock band that suggested you don't fear the Reaper.
3: Blue Oyster Cult.
2: That's right. <laughs> Darren, it's a premium ice cream brand that sounds Danish but actually isn't. Hagenda's? Correct. Samantha, in this mockumentary about a fictional heavy metal band, the guitarist shows off an amplifier that goes to 11.
3: Spinal tap.
2: This is Spinal tap. Alexis, she wrote Wuthering Heights. Emily Bronte. Correct. Reika, Tommy Lee drummed for this glam metal band. Three seconds. I'm sorry, we're going to have to move on Sean, Tommy Lee drummed for this glam metal band Motley Crue That's correct, Reka, thank you Darren, it's a word meaning To work together to achieve the same goals Cooperate You got it Samantha, this actress is the daughter of Lenny Kravitz Uh, Zoe Kravitz Wow, you got that right (laughs) Alexis, it's an adjective meaning having paramount rank or importance. Preeminent. That's yes, right. Sean, he wrote the plays Bly Spirit and Private Lives. Sean shakes his head. No guess. Darren, do you know the answer? Noel Coward. That's right, Sean. Thank you. <laughs> Samantha, from 1971 to 1997, it was the name of the Democratic Republic of the Congo.
0: Uh, I was gonna say Swaziland.
2: Samantha, I'm sorry. Alexis, do you know the answer to that? Zaire. Zaire is correct. <laughs> we are down to two players: Darren and Alexis. Darren, it's used to identify a point on a two-dimensional graph. I'm the math guy. I should really know this. <laughs> <laughs> Axes? No, I'm sorry. Alexis, if you know the answer, you'll be our winner. Coordinate.
0: That's right. Congratulations, Alexis. Well done, Darren. Thank you so much. Alexis, you are, our ask me another big winner, and your prize has been given to us by our VIP, Owen King. He has offered to give you a personal writing consultation on your next project, be it a work of fiction, an essay, an email, perhaps a greeting card, a text message, whatever you want. You'll be able to get that from him. Congratulations. That's our show for this week, but you don't have to let the game stop here. Take us wherever you go by downloading our podcast, or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for MBR, Ask Me Another. <laughs> Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Nark Thug. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Launch at Jot Noon. Additional puzzle writing by Kyle Beakley, James Ramsey, Dan Schofield, Jake Keith Von Stratton, and Greg Volk. Ask Me Another is recorded by Paul Ruwest, Noriko Okabe, a knob rookie, and David Hurtgen. Our show is produced by Jesse Baker, Josh Rogeson, John Asante, and Eleanor Kagan, along with Portia Robertson-Migas and Eric Newsom. We'd like to thank The Bell House, Hot Heel Blues, our home in Brooklyn, New York, and our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Oh, Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. <laughs> Next time on Ask Me Another, we managed to get the queen of the know-it-alls on our show, editor of the World Almanac, Sarah Jansen, and she shares some of her favorite entries. Notable shipwrecks, notable oil spills. (laughs) Notable. (laughs) I feel bad for the oil spill that just didn't make it. Yeah. Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. you're still here? Very cool. Thanks for listening to Ask Me Another. You know, there are a lot of other NPR podcasts out there that you would enjoy, like one of my favorites, Pop Culture Happy Hour. What is that? You should listen. It features really spirited conversations about movies and books, television and nostalgia. So find NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour on iTunes under podcasts.